Hello, everybody, and welcome to the world's favorite youth baseball podcast, Clearing the Bases, featuring Coach Jimmy, Phil, and Jerry. I'm David Friedman. I want to thank you for coming along this ride with us. How are we doing tonight, Coach? Doing good, Dave. A little warm out, to say the least, I guess. Yeah, we're uh, we're melting here. We're up in uh, you know, semi-upstate New York, uh, mid-90s, uh, 90% humidity, threats of thunder showers every day that most days don't come so no <laughs> relief and uh yeah sweltering is probably the uh the adjective to use yeah i've i've actually been praying for some thunderstorms my pool is down about three four inches of water <laughs> i need water bad uh poor baby poor baby you know i know it's uh it's rough. And, uh, you know, just like anything else, there's plenty of places worse off than us. At least we haven't hit triple digits here, but it feels like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I but, but then again, look, it is that time of the year. I'll take this over the middle of January, you know, anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we wrapping up the, the summer season. One more tournament to go, which will be this coming weekend. We'll be down at Diamond Nation. And then, yeah, it's a wrap. And, I mean, I don't know if you want me to give you a little rundown of how the season went. Yeah, let's let's go a couple of minutes. I, I How many, I guess, how many tournaments, how many regular season games did you do? You did a, a regular league also, not just tournaments, right? That's right. We did an eight-game schedule in a regular league. You know, that that didn't go bad. The boys played well. What I like about the league that we played in, and, and you're familiar with it, is that they have different levels. So there's what, what they term the D1, D2, D3, D4 levels. And we, we participated in a D2 level, and we played a couple of D1 teams, and the boys did well. They, uh, they held their own. But our season is primarily, you know, a tournament-type season. So we've played, uh, this one coming up will be our sixth. We actually got rained out in our first one, so we'll have to make that up sooner or later. So we will wind up with seven. But as we've talked about on the show before, you know, the beginning of the season was a little shaky. Things weren't going well, and I was having my doubts, but kept going. And I, I, I got to be honest with you, they really, as of late, and I'll say within the last, say, three to four weeks, seems that they've Maybe something has clicked and, and they're starting to play. We were in a tournament last weekend that we lost three to one in the championship game. Oh, oh, excellent. Yeah. So that's something that if you would have told me three, four weeks ago that we would be playing in a championship game in a tournament, we actually had to knock off the number one seed to get to that, that championship game. And if you would have told me that I would have said, no, this team is not ready for that, but like I said, it just seems like they, they started. It was, it was something like Sheet said when we were talking to him that you, 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 you want to be peaking at the right time. And it seems like we're peaking at the right time. Oh, well, that's great. That's great. Now, obviously, going through a season, not seeing a lot of progression as a, from, a, from a coach, player, parent perspective, whatever, that's, that's the worst thing. It's not you and I talk about all the time. It shouldn't just be a focus on winning, losing, and just what your record is. It's, you know, how did the process go and where you're at? And if you're losing three to one in the championship of a, of a tournament, that's a far cry from, you know, losing nine to two in a right. regular season game at the beginning of the season, you know, so that's, that's good. So I assume a, a combination of some individual players really stepping up and then also just the team gelling. Yeah, it seems better. Yeah, it, it, it seems that everything that we've been teaching all of a sudden started, the word I used before was everything started to click. Uh, they're, you know, they're turning double plays. They're, they're hitting cut. As a matter of fact, there, there was a play where a ball hit deep to left field. Left fielder ran over, fielded the ball. Everybody was in the right position where they were supposed to be. Double cut was in order. Everything was perfect. Throw came in. The infielder received the ball, turned around, threw the home, nailed the player at the plate. That type of awesome. thing where it's playing the game the right way. Whether or not they got the runner at the plate really doesn't matter. It's the fact that they lined up correctly. The throw was right. The receiving of the, of the cut was right. We turned, I don't even know, half a dozen double plays during that tournament, which we hadn't done all year. 
that type awesome. of thing. The communication was better. The situational hitting was better. So many things. So oh, that's great. That's great. Cause all that stuff is, it's not just, it's not just good for the player, good for the, you know, good for that play, but a lot of those things, throwing somebody out at the plate, turning a double play, those are your momentum changers a yes. lot of times in games, you know, where you start giving up a couple of couple people on base and there's only no out, you know, no outs or one out or something like that. All of a sudden you get you get a guy at the plate that just pumps everybody up so much and it's so deflating for the other team. The third base coach starts to question himself of, oh, God, I sent him. Should I have sent him? Oh, my God, everybody's going to hate me now. And, you know, the kid running home is is doing self, you know, self-doubt there as well. Like, you know, I was sure I was going to be safe. And all of a sudden, I was, you know, so, yeah, there's so many aspects of that that they come back to uh, to matter generally. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And another key thing was on Sunday we had to play three games. We had to play two games and, and win them in order to get into that championship game. I only went through three pitch, three pitchers. Each pitcher wow. went the distance and nobody threw more than 70 pitches in the championship game. The kid that was pitching actually had 25 pitches after three innings and 21 of them were strikes. Wow. Yeah. So that's awesome. Something has shifted. I can say that right. something has shifted. Right. And, you know, my hat, my, yeah, I take my hat off to the boys. They're working hard. And, and this is the, the benefit of their hard work. Yeah. The accumulation, everything yeah. coming together. That's great. Now this, you've got this final tournament. I know Diamond Nation is probably the, well, I guess Ripken, we went to Ripken down in Myrtle Beach. That was a, a different kind of experience. But as far as anything in the Northeast, Diamond Nation was my favorite place to go. Uh, as far as tournaments go, you know, this is going back. I haven't been there in probably six, seven years. But um, I know they have different levels of tournaments. So this tournament you're kind of ending the season with, is this one of the, you know, is it a PBR? Is it, uh, you know, perfect game is it one of these higher ones or is it just a, a regular weekly tournament yeah no it's it's just a, a regular weekly tournament we uh, i i was given the option when the tournaments were being scheduled you know earlier in the season. actually i shouldn't even say earlier in the season it was last fall and the organization approached me and said do you want to play in you know this 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 and i said you know what knowing this team no i don't think they're ready for it let's stay away from those higher level tournaments at diamond nation and, and let's just play a regular tournament. And you know what? It was probably the smarter, smarter thing to do now that I look back on it because they're playing well. Now they seem to be gelling. Everything seems to be coming together. I think the worst thing for them would be to go up against a buzzsaw and, you know, maybe deflate their confidence a bit right now that they're riding high. Yeah. You want them to be challenged, but you don't want them to get, you know, to get the, uh, to use one of your terms, get their brains bashed in and, <laughs> you know, and to end the season that way, especially. Exactly. Um, that was, that was something, again, the, the, the last team that I had been involved with over the summer, they were pushing us to some of the parents really wanted these kids to go, you know, do some real travel tournaments. And I knew what level we were at. And I was like, you don't understand. This is just that there's, there's nothing, nothing worse for a kid. Have a, four hour ride home after getting mercied for the right. third, for the third time in two, in two days. And, you know, just totally, totally deflates it. So we just, we did some local tournaments and um, you know, it's, it's again, I'd rather be not, you know, you, you want to play up a level, but not six levels. That's, that's not, that's not doing anybody any good. Right. And I, I think you've heard me talk about, we have uh a team in our organization that actually is the opposite way. And this is something that kind of frustrates me a little bit because I think the organization should step up and make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. This team has been going around in, in these, again, we'll call them lesser tournaments and they've been slaughtering everybody that they've been playing. So this past weekend, they were at diamond nation. They played in one of their regular weekly tournaments and over the course of the tournament, they scored 59 runs. They only allowed two. Their team batting average was 531. They had 54 RBIs and 11 home runs. 
Okay. So in, in one tournament, they had a good run. They had a good tournament, but this is a weekly occurrence with this team because they're not being challenged and not being put in tournaments where obviously they're a very talented team, but let's test them. Right. Yeah. When, uh, when they come around to school ball next year, it's not going to be like that. Exactly. So you're not going to beat up on people like that. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine how many of those games were, were like you said, they, they were mercy ruled. Right. You, well, with beat. that type of run, that type of run differential, it's probably almost every game. They, they probably went four innings a game. Right. Yeah. You know, and now, so, okay, this is, and we weren't even planning on getting into this topic this week, but let's <laughs> roll with it. So no, because this, this goes to another thing. If you're only getting four innings a, ga- a game in, how many, how many substitutions are you making? You're not making many unless because you don't have the opportunity, unless you're saying, all right, you didn't play this game. You're going to start the next game. And I'm not pointing any fingers at this particular team, but you and I both damn well know that's not what most teams do. No, no, definitely not. And, you know, the other thing too, is that that takes a lot of, a lot of foresight to be able to say, okay, it's the first thing we're going to handle this team very easily let me figure out how I'm going to do this to make sure I get everybody in because this is only going to be a four inning game. I know that that's something that I look at closely when I'm playing. If, if one way or the other, if we're getting beat real bad or we're beating <laughs> right. someone real bad, right. it could be on the other side of it. Sure. <laughs> I know that I'm looking, I'm saying, well, you know, it was something again that we talked about with sheets is the feel of the game. Well, I can feel like this isn't going good or I feel this is going great. Let me make sure I get everybody in. So yeah, to your point, it's 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 something that coaches have to look at because otherwise, yeah, you're going to wind up in a situation like that where you're mercying everyone. You're going to have kids that are going to be wind up sitting on that bench for two games in a row, three games in a row, maybe even a whole tournament. Right. right. Because even the other thing, what we said, all right. So if you didn't you didn't play this game, you're going to start the next game. I know a lot of those tournaments you have to go undefeated in order to get into to even get into the playoff round. So do you want to take the chance on falling behind and you just happen to run into, it might be a weak team, but maybe they have one pitcher, right? And that one pitcher is who you got. And now you're in a position, if you don't win, you're costing the team a a potential another two or three games because you didn't get into, you didn't get into the postseason tournament, you know, whatever you want to call it there, the, uh, the playoff round. So that's where, again, you know, most coaches are not, are not doing that, not across the board. Right. And, you know, again, I think what bothers me most about a situation like that is what I said before. I know I'm repeating myself, but the boys aren't being challenged. Put them up against competition that is very similar to them so that you could see if it's the old, uh, what is it, uh, big fish in a small pond versus going up, challenging yourself. And, you know, it's what what's our one of our favorite words we haven't used it quite as much in the recent history but in the beginning of the show player development yeah you're not you know you're not developing if you're getting thrown batting practice you know even if it's a live pitcher if it's batting practice to the kids that's not really developing them that's getting them a kind of a false sense of security maybe a sense that they don't have to work as hard and that's not real life once you know once you get into that different situation Right. And the other thing I worry about with this team, because they happen to be a 12 year old team is, oh. yeah, what, what, what's going to happen next year when those home runs that they're hitting are now routine fly ball outs, their, yeah. their, their success rate is going to go down. So how is that going to play on their psyche? Are, are they going to think, well, wait a minute, I was great last year. Now all of a sudden I'm not good anymore. And now the head goes down, the body language is bad. And, you know, that's something that I would worry about greatly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we talk about it all the time. That's why the biggest drop off in players, you know, between 12 and 13, is getting up to that big field. So, all right. Well, that's, that's a good perspective. I think to take a good look, uh, nice to hear. We'll, we'll get into, uh, you know, maybe next show or the following one, a, a full kind of recap of, of the season and uh, what the fall holds for you. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's switch directions and, and let's talk about it as odd as it may seem as we are just right in the dead middle of August here. 
you know, it's, this is baseball season. If we're looking at the, the pros, we're just past the all-star break. So we've got another couple of months of baseball and looking at that. But for our youth players, this is, believe it or not, it's time to start looking at tryouts, tryouts for fall baseball. I know some organizations do their tryouts now for, it's almost like a fiscal year of, you know, September to August type of thing. So whatever team you wind up looking at going on in the fall, in theory, is the team that you'll be with for a year. I know it doesn't always work out that way, but that's what we should be looking at. So uh, we want to start looking at tryouts and I want to look at it from a couple different perspectives. So first, something that uh, I'm, I'm guessing you'll be able to add an awful lot to is uh, let's talk about the coach's evaluation and what type of score you're keeping when it comes to tryouts, how you run a tryout, how you think a tryout, and I guess how a tryout you think should be run as opposed to maybe how you have ran them either because you didn't have full say or you didn't have the right facility or whatever, or time, because there's, a, there's obviously, there's a lot that should go into this as a, as a coach, you're looking to put together the best team that you can, not just in physical ability, but is in terms of having good teammates and good people involved with it. So uh, that's what I want to get into. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what you just said about having good teammates and good people, that that's number one right off the bat. I'm watching the players. How are they interacting with each other? What's their demeanor? What is their body language? The other thing is when you when you're talking about tryouts, and I, I'm assuming that we're we're talking about the travel baseball world only. We're not talking about my high school team. Right. No, no, no. This is just just for just for travel ball. And then we can even get into, I don't know how much of a difference there would be based on the ages of the right. players. Right. Um, maybe some, obviously, as you get into the older kids, you're looking at uh, pitching. You're looking at you know having multiple pitches, off-speed stuff and whatnot. But otherwise, I would think most of it would be pretty similar. But you tell me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we, I think we've touched upon this. On, on earlier shows, we'll start out with the metrics. I, I believe that, and again, I'm, 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 I should probably say that we're talking probably 13 and up at this point. All right. And we can always get into the younger, younger ages yep. a little bit, a little bit later, but I like to see the metrics because I like to see, you know, we had talked about doing stuff like agility box drills. Okay. And timing them to see how, and for those of you out there that don't know what an agility box drill is, it's you have four corners. They'll start in one corner. They'll, they'll shuffle one way. Then they'll backpedal to the next corner. Then they'll shuffle to the other corner and then they'll sprint back home to the, to the corner that they started on. It, 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 it's a good indication of athletic movement. We time that we do, obviously we do sprints. I'm trying to think now we do 10, 30, 60, yard sprints and they're timed on those also we do um, a standing broad jump to see explosiveness in a player i want to see all of these things before we even get into touching a baseball so one thing i'd like to ask you about because we do this with my high school team and again i'm just i'm low man on the totem pole there i'm the assistant jv coach so i'm not <laughs> i'm certainly not running anything uh why the 60 yard dash just uh, under other, other, you know, under what circumstances other than when the game's over and the right fielder is running in, you know, to celebrate under what circumstances <laughs> are we? So, and, and just hear me out as opposed to uh timeout home to second, you know, right. which is probably which close is, to an, which is a 60 you know, yard dash. Yeah. But that's being able to make the cut, you know, make the turn and knowing how to make the turn the right way and all that, as opposed to straight line 60. Like I said, we do it, too, but I've never really understood <laughs> why. Well, it's a key metric that everyone uses. So it, it's it's just a, it's it's just a barometer of speed. That's that's really okay. all it is to see how fast all the right. player is. I'm, you know, you want your center fielder to have a good 60 time. So, okay. you know, you, you want to see who you fa- I I want to see who the fastest players are. That, you know, that, to me, that's no, one, of the, one of the biggest signs of athleticism, really. You know, and also you want to see how they run. You know, are their arms going side to side? Are they running in a straight line? There's a lot of things that, that, that you're looking at during that, 
that assessment. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'd like to know their time from home to first. That would be a good one. Right. Home to first, home to second. You know, I mean, the other ones is good for during practice when you're mad at the kids, make them go home <laughs> to third and home to home. But practicality, probably not coming into play a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I don't know about your team. Not a lot of triples being hit uh, during the year. But uh, but no, so that's more my my I guess it's more of a broader point is we we I don't know if that's just a this is the way it's always been done. Kind of like you said, it's you now you can compare your 60 time against other kids that you've had in the past and blah, blah, blah. So there's that. But home to second would be a much for a baseball player would be a much more important metric. But I digress. I'll, you know, <laughs> well, I'll let you run. Well, I mean, we, we, we could go because I, I think in an earlier episode, I had talked about the, you know, the standing broad jump. And I think that you had actually said made a comment that uh, I don't remember exactly what it was that you didn't understand, you know, or, or you didn't see what purpose that was. And or something like that. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I don't remember. It's like you questioned it. We'll say that. But, yeah, you want to see a player's explosiveness. You want to, You want to be able to measure that. No, that, yeah, I get that. That that makes sense. I could see doing, I could even see doing like, uh, you know, think about like the football combine. They do the, the straight up jump. Obviously for baseball, that could come into play as well. You want your your second baseman to have the the, the ups so that he can catch those line drives going over his head. <laughs> so no, I mean, stuff like that, I, I certainly understand. Something like a box drill, great. You know, you want to see the agility and even being able to kind of switch, not switch directions, but switch kind of how the body's going, because that happens. You know, ball takes a bad bounce and it's got to go away, you know, what have you. So that stuff makes sense. So you're talking about metrics. We're just talking about basic, not, you know, the the only obstacle in your way is yourself type of thing. It's, you know, you're not, you're not going, you know, we'll compare numbers player to player, but we're not, you're not nobody's stopping you from going faster. It's as fast as you can go. So, right. Um, so right. those types of, those types of metrics. So, and let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. What's, what would you say would be an ideal? How many days do you need for tryouts? Ideally? Well, that's going to depend on the number of players you have. We, you try and do it in one day, but sometimes we'll hold, we'll hold a tryout on a certain day, get X amount of players and then maybe you'll get guys that, that register after that tryout or couldn't make it. So you'll hold another one just for those players. But typically that second tryout is less players. All right. So you're, so you're generally doing it in one day and you feel like, and, and I don't know, you, well, okay. So I would say you're probably more aware of other players than a lot of coaches. So you may already have a good feeling going into tryouts who, who you expect to like, not saying that that's your, your decisions made, but you probably know when you're having an open tryout and you get players from around the area, you probably know most of them at, at the ages that you're doing, because you've seen them kind of come up through the ranks. Right. So, right. um, so you sort of know what to expect, but if you were going in blind, you hadn't coached before your first time coach, is one day enough? Wow. So that depends on the experience of the coach, I would say. I know that I could pretty much look at players in, in one shot and get a pretty good assessment of what that player is capable of. I, but I've also been doing it for a very long time. If right. you're a new coach you know what? You may want to see that kid twice because you may, you know, you, you, you may not be sure of yourself that what you're seeing is actually what you want. Let me put it that way. So maybe let's bring him back a second day so that we can get another look at him. So I could see if, if what I saw on day one is, 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 is real. Right. You know, I, I really think it depends on a coach. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, so a newer coach, no experience with the kids either, uh, you know, not really knowing, knowing the kids and everybody sort of coming in fresh. Maybe, you know, a couple from your, if you've been a, a little league coach type of thing, maybe you, you, you know, so, you know, a couple kids from there, but how many kids are you really going to know from the other, the other towns and some teams, obviously they're radius for the tryouts, depending on how well they've been able to advertise and, 
and whatnot. Um, certainly the radius might be larger than others where you have some, some kids traveling for an hour or more to right. get there. Obviously, you're not going to know all of them. Um, you're not going to be familiar with going down to your diamond nations and, and baseball heavens and the, and the big tournaments and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, so you might need some more time. Uh, I would certainly expect that. Uh, I would think ideally I would probably want to do two days. I wouldn't necessarily want to do the metrics a second day. You know, maybe the second day is not as not not as long of a tryout. I don't I don't need as much time, but just to be able to see some basics and you know, make sure both ways, you know, you talked about was, was what you saw on day one real. And I want to see the other aspect of it. If somebody had a, a tough day, were they just having a tough day and how do they come back? Did their attitude, you know, did they do an attitude adjustment and they come back out and, and they're, you know, all of a sudden they're good, but I would want to, you know, to me, I want to see both. If they're, they're showing good effort and attitude day one, can they do that two days in a row or were they putting on a show for you? Sure. Those types of things. Sure. Because you know, again, you're 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 looking at in theory locking, you know, setting this kid up to be with you for a year. Right. So to be sure. Now, again, this may not be realistic. The way that things go, having to, if you're having to rent a field or you you know use a field that other teams use, and there's a million travel teams out there and so <laughs> many fields and whatnot. So it may not be realistic. You may not be able to do two days. Um, but all right. So you like to kind of start the morning off with, with doing the metrics is that, are you going in kind of chronological order the way that you would yeah, do things? Yeah, definitely. The metrics are done first, but I just, I just want to get back to, I'm just going to backtrack just a little bit on what you just said about the, the two days when you're doing a tryout, it's pretty evident right off the bat who the better players are. You could see it right away. They move differently. They move better. Okay. So you, you see that. So to your point, maybe for the, for the second day, and this is a tough thing to do because you're, you're almost tipping your hand by doing this, but maybe those bubble type players, you may want to come have come back for a second tryout because to me, those are the tougher decisions. Those, you know, like I said, those better athletes, you see it right away. But yeah. you may be looking for, um, I don't know, let's say you're looking for, a, or you need a right fielder on your team and nobody impressed you there, but there were a couple of kids. Well, maybe they could do it. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe you want to bring them back for a second day and let's see how they perform out there and, and bring them back for that, that, that further evaluation. Right. All right. And that, that could get a little... I guess that could be a little dangerous too. He's all right. The following players I want to see tomorrow or whatever. And ones that you don't call back, are they all thinking they got cut or are they all thinking they automatically made it? Um, so um, yeah, I think you'd have to be a little bit careful with your wording on, uh, on how, right. on how you do that right. um, or bring them all back again. Like I said, bring them all back again and just do specific drills of what you're looking for, as opposed to, um, you know, the, the full, the full slate of, uh, of things. So, all right. So let's start off with, um, you know, obviously having them warm up and all that stuff and then doing the, the metrics, the running the, you know, half marathon or whatever you're going to do with these kids. <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, so we, we'll go through that. And then what, what would you, what would you go to next? What we'll do is we'll, we'll break off and put everybody at shortstop and we'll, We'll check their arm strength from short to first. So put a radar gun on them. Every single kid goes through it. We want to see their arm strength. We also do the same thing in right field. Put everybody out right field. We hit them fly balls and we see what their what their arm strength is from right field to home. Then we we you know we we do the typical stuff where pitchers will throw a bullpen. We also do a hitting portion of it. Obviously, you want to see them hit. That's pretty much it. You know, I left out that, you know, we'll hit, we'll hit them ground balls in the infield, see how they move and how they receive the ball. We'll do that type of stuff. And that's, that's pretty much the whole tryout. All right. So probably to me, the hardest positions in those things to evaluate is, is pitchers and catchers. Yes. Um, and especially catchers. Yep. Because I mean, you can watch a catcher during a bullpen session, but you know, you hope if the pitchers are putting their best foot forward and you don't always get that obviously in the game, 
Right. Uh, you know, you want to, you really want to see the catchers. Are you doing throwdown drills with the catchers? Yes. Are you doing that kind of stuff? Okay. Yes. When you're well, doing your ground, when you're doing your ground balls. Um, usually separate. Usually we'll set up over the catchers. We'll have somebody throw them, you know, throw them from the mound and then uh, we'll, we'll check their pop time down to second base. But we also put the catchers through blocking drills and receiving drills. We do that too. We obviously those are things we need to see. And so, so yeah, it's, it's something that I left out, but we do uh, evaluate the catchers also. Yeah. Okay. So and pitchers, uh, pitchers throwing bullpen, you try to have the same cause you can't be everywhere at once. Right. right. Um, so you as a head coach of a team, uh, I guess let's even go with that. What do you, ha- who do you have doing the evaluations? Do you have guest coaches kind of come in and help you out with it? Cause you, you can't look at everything at once. Yeah. Yeah. We have several coaches at the tryouts. This is for the travel organization. I'm trying to think our last tryout. There had to be at least. I'm going to say between four and six coaches at the tryout. So you know, somebody may take pitchers, somebody may take infielders, somebody takes outfielders and, you know, they, they do the assessment, but all of the coaches that are doing this again, going back to what we were saying before that, you know, their level of coaching is about the same. So we all, we know that if Joe Smith is looking at infielders, that whatever his assessment is, that it's right. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. maybe, maybe with in, in like maybe a little league situation, it's a little bit different because you're going to have different level of coaching assessing the kids. Right, right, and you may not know those coaches so well. Exactly. You know, a guy who maybe the team is doing terrible, but he knows what. But he knows baseball. Right. You know, so you you automatically kind of put in your head that like, Oh, that guy doesn't, he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know anything. Right. Yeah. We actually, I can tell you from experience, we had a guy, I, he's, uh, I think his, his, his son was the same age as, as my oldest son. He coached from the get go and his teams were always terrible. And you just go, you know, I I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I'm, you know, it seems like he, he must not know what he's doing, but all this stuff, you know, I don't know what he knows about baseball. Nice guy, that type of thing. I actually found out we may have (laughs) talked about him before, but I found out like three years ago that he was a minor league player. He was a pitcher and he was a pitcher in the minor leagues. Right. And it was just like, wow. Okay. And now this kind of comes back to the whole you know, those that can't do teach and those that can don't, you know, can't teach type of thing, maybe. Yeah. But he certainly should be able to evaluate pitchers. If not, you know, maybe doesn't, maybe he doesn't know anything about hitting or fielding, but you know, hopefully he could, uh, he could help evaluate pitchers and whatnot. I don't know, uh, but just bizarre. So, yeah. So I guess that's, that's part of it, but I, I mean, would you recommend anybody that's kind of new to doing this, try to get the input of multiple people? Obviously, again, you want to see, because to me, you want to see it's not just about, all right, we could hit ground balls and see how their lateral motion is and see how their form is and how their, uh, the transfer from the glove to the hand and, and, and arm strength and all that stuff. But I want somebody kind of overseeing the whole thing. I want to see, is that kid running on and off the field? Is that kid, you know, if somebody makes an error, is he making a snide remark? kind of that stuff. So, I mean, I'm assuming you would recommend you got to have some help with this stuff, right? Well, yeah, but I I can tell you that throughout the whole assessment, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at all of that stuff and I could tell you, and maybe this is a trend and I hope it's not, but I would say over the last few years, I've actually had to remind the players at times that they were trying out for a team because I see kids walking. I I see kids that aren't hustling, just stuff that, that I don't want to see as a coach. And I don't think during a tryout, I should have to tell you that you should be running as hard as you can, you know, but I'm watching all of that stuff, Dave. That's, that's pretty much what I'm, I'm watching more so than the other stuff because the other stuff I could see right away. Mm-hmm. But 
you don't hustle, I'm, I'm watching for those kids that don't hustle because I don't want to take them. Right. I don't need right. a project. Right. Set yourself up with, uh, with some, with some headaches. All right. Um, let's talk about hitting at a tryout. Okay. To me, this is another place that it's been kind of, it's been tough to do evaluations because unless you're doing any type of inner squad, which you didn't mention. So you're just doing just standard batting practice, just, you know, meatballs pretty much. Pretty much. You're just looking at mechanics. You know, we'll set the L screen, you know, closer to home plate, obviously, than the mound. And everything will be thrown not very hard, but firm. So the players have, you know, it's, it's, they're not getting meatballs. No, they're getting a little bit harder than meatballs. We'll say that a little more reaction time is needed for what we're giving them. But again, we're looking at mechanical stuff as the kid staying behind the ball. Ball flight. Ball flight to me is is one of the the again going back to a trend that I see. Maybe maybe it's because of this age of the launch angle, but I'm seeing ball flights that are all high pop-ups to the outfield. Every once in a while you get a kid that's ripping line drives in the gaps, and obviously that's going to catch your attention. I'll even take kids that are hitting hard ground balls because again that's something that maybe i'm showing my age but when i was young we were taught down and hard down and hard and a lot of times those i would say more times than not better hitters seem to find holes with those down and hard you know and again don't get me wrong i don't want anybody to think that i'm advocating for trying to go out there and hit ground balls i'm not okay but what i'm saying is when we're evaluating hitters if a kid's hitting a bunch of hard ground balls through the hole, I'm not going to discount that and say, oh, this kid just hits ground balls. I would take that before I'll take a kid that's hitting lazy fly balls to center field during his tryouts. I'm looking sure. for, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for ball flight. I'm looking for mechanics. You know, is he staying behind? Is he loading a little earlier? Is that front foot getting down and then the hips exploding? That Those are the things that I'm looking at. All right. How about as the kids get, older and i mean I, now again this is just I, it's probably not even as they get older i haven't watched travel baseball in a while but certainly once you get to to any modified or junior high um you know certainly when you get into jv baseball got to be able to hit some off off speed stuff and some stuff that moves so do you have your pitchers try to mix things up at all or you keep it pretty basic pretty basic but one of the things that I'll say, and I tell my players this all the time, is something that everybody should know. I can tell more, more about your swing on a take than I can on your actual swing and, and contact with the ball. So whoever's throwing the ball is not obviously throwing strikes every time. So there's going to be a bunch of takes. And I mm-hmm. can tell by their takes whether or not they're going to be able to handle a breaking ball or an off-speed pitch. I mean, am I right all the time? No. I mean, we should probably, it would probably be a good idea to mix in some off-speed stuff to see how they react to it. I just don't remember actually doing that. Yeah, I don't remember ever ever having that. It's just something, again, I think maybe it falls under the perfect world. Yeah. You know, if we had had three days to do a, a tryout <laughs> and see all different angles of everything. But, yeah, just just something. And again, for, for those that haven't run a tryout before, if these are some of the things that you're thinking of, uh, hopefully some of, uh, Jimmy's tips and, and tidbits here can kind of help you out, kind of narrow it down. Cause we want to see everything, but in reality, there's almost an infinite amount of things to see. And we're just not going to do that in, in one afternoon. You're just, you're and even, even two afternoons. But again, if you have the ability to stretch it to two days, even if, even if you did something where like, Hey, you don't have to come two days, but we're going to, you know, we're going to be there on the 16th and the 17th and see who, who shows up and who does show up both days. Because to me, that's also kind of a good, good and or bad sign. And yes, somebody maybe has a grandpa's 90th birthday party to go to, but for the most part, you know, you hope, you hope you'll see, you'll see the guys that you want most of the time are probably the guys that do come. Both right. days because shows that they want to be there. Right. The, the, you know, the main thing I, if I, if I had to wrap up what I'm looking for in a tryout, I'm looking for athleticism. 
That's really what I'm looking for is, you know, how do they move? How do they approach things? And then again, like you had said, I'm also looking at, are they hustling? Are they dropping their head if they booted a ball or are they looking to come and get the next one that you're giving them and they kind of put that behind them? Those are the things that I'm really looking at. All right. So one of the things I saw and, and um, uh, shout out to friend of the show, Matt Cole and his uh, Facebook page, youth baseball coaching support drills and philosophy. You know, I, I get alerts whenever there's messages on there. So some of these questions uh, we take off there. So somebody on there had asked about coaches. Do you do any evaluation of the players parents from your tryouts? <laughs> And I thought now this could be an hour long topic by itself um, or it could be or it could be 30 seconds. Um, But I thought it was a a good question. Absolutely. Uh, Sounds like probably coming from somebody who has sat next to some parents that they weren't particularly happy um, (laughs) were associated with their team or were coaching a team and had some parents that wish they weren't there or wish they could be there. But, you know better to be seen and not heard type of situation. But um, has that factored in with anything that you've, you've done from a, from a tryout perspective? And, you know, we're looking for hundred percent honesty here. <laughs> well, I, let, let me put it this way. I can't remember ever at a tryout noticing a parent that I said to myself, uh Oh, this is going to be a problem. I don't remember. That doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. So what I would say is that should absolutely factor into your decision. I know it would mine. And, and what I mean by that is if there's a parent and during the tryout, the parent is you know yelling from the stands or trying to get the coach's ear or that type of thing. Yeah, I'm going to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is, you know, is the parent trying out for the team or is, you know, little Johnny. And, and do I want 11 months of this, right. <laughs> you know, dealing with this because at some point it's going to boil over. Right. And I mean, let's face it in the end, if you go beyond high school ball, there's no college recruiter that is going to take a player whose parent is a quote unquote pain in the ass. It's not right. going to happen. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I, there's just no reason for it. What, see, what parents have to understand at the younger ages, I, I get it. The parents are looking out for their kids. I get it. But once the, the players reach high school age, it's, it's not about anything other than that player. That's it. He has to stand on his own two feet. He has to put in the work that he needs to put in to be able to be the best that he could be. So parents need to understand that. Yeah. Maybe you could try to influence a coach. You could try to influence a tryout so that maybe your kid makes a team and you're trying to help them. I get that, but you're hurting the kid because the coach is not stupid. The coach can see it. So, yeah, so this is, but this is another case where I'm sort of in my mind, I'm thinking this is where it could help to have, another set of kind of an extra set of eyes and ears around maybe somebody just to in this day and age, really just somebody to kind of keep an eye out. Cause where you're saying you don't rem- recall running into that situation, it has to have happened. I mean, just the law of averages of what we know that parents do and how they act these days, you had to have had some of those. You just may have been so focused on what you were looking at that you weren't there or you just didn't hear it. You weren't close enough to the person to even hear it. So that's almost where you, you would almost want to have a plant sitting in with the other parents, you know, throw some, throw some middle-aged guy out, out there, you know, some guy that's 40 years old out there and just say, yeah, just, uh, you know, just kind of keep an eye out and, and give me a report back on, uh, you know, if there's anybody I need to avoid. Um, right. Because, you know, you know, a, a big part of the issues that we have as coaches isn't necessarily the parent 
yelling at the kids or the parent yelling at us as coaches. It's kind of getting the, you know, being the kind of firing everybody up on the, on the, the bench on, not on the bench and in, in the stands, right. You know, maybe firing them up, not just everybody let's go attack the coach, but you know, interpersonal issues between a couple parents and stuff like that, because they're, you know, maybe says somebody says a comment about why is that kid playing? Well, that kid's parent is sitting right in front of you. I'll tell you why my kid's playing and, you know, just whatever. So, you know, again, maybe a little far-fetched, but not, I think you have to admit, not a terrible idea to, you know, to have somebody sort of that you could trust there, you know, monitoring that. But I, I almost feel like at a, in a tryout situation, the parents are going to be on their best behavior because maybe they realize that they're trying out also. I don't know. But I, I find it. What do they really have to complain about other than, you know, ridiculous? Well, I mean, most of the stuff that they complain about are ridiculous things anyway. Right. But, you know, well, um, but that's but that's what I'm talking about is maybe weeding some of that out because you don't want to deal with it for 11 months or, you know, I keep saying the, the, the for the year or 11 months. But let's face it, you're always hoping to grow a, a team that's going to grow together. So not just for the year, but sure. for two years or three years or four years, you know, or, or however it goes. Um, and, you know, I've I've my kids have been on teams where there's kids that haven't been asked back because, and I think it wasn't so much kids ability or whatnot, but just don't want to deal. Don't want to deal with that. Other parents didn't want to deal with that parent. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know, again, I, I, I'm sure it's low on your totem pole of things that you're looking for. Um, but it may be, it may be a piece and, and, you know, maybe you have just had these darling angels in the stands there, but uh, <laughs> pretty sure I've heard a few stories otherwise. <laughs> well, again, to your point, what you just said, so everybody, and, and this just came up because the organization that I'm with now, when they, when they put out their tryout announcement to all of the players, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I, I just can't believe that this was said. Ask your coach if you should try out or not. Okay. So me as a coach, my players, obviously, and the parents coach, what does this mean? Do we have to try out or don't we? So that puts me between a rock and a hard place. All right. I have player, you know, one, two, three, four, and five that yes, you're coming back to the team next year. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, no, no, no. You five guys don't have to try out. But the rest of you, 10 guys, yeah, you have to try out. Now you just told everybody that you think that they're the better players and that they're not. All right. So what I did with my team is I said, no, everybody tries out. That's it. But now to your point, I already have insider information on the parents. So now that everybody is trying out, if I know that a parent is a pain in the ass, now I have the option. Do I want to put up with this for another year or do I just say no, thank you and move on? So I could see it in that situation, but if if you have, you know, a whole bunch of new kids that are trying out and 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 you're just going to, I I don't know if you would really get a good indication if a parent was, unless the guy was a real nutcase or the woman was a nutcase, you're going to see that right off the bat, and then yeah, of course I'm not taking that kid, but it would have to right. be egregious. Right, 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 certainly. So and there again comes in the the advantage of having returning players being an existing coach and, and, you know, keep trying to keep the team together, that type of thing, as opposed to the new persons coming in who may know one or two kids and that's it. And then obviously one or two families and and that's it. So just, just something else to uh, something else to think of. And just from the other angle of what you were saying, where, you know, ask your coach if you need to try out or not, uh, that could go, seems like that could go the other direction where you're saying, all right, these five guys, you know, my starting shortstop, my starting catcher, my three best pitchers, I'm not worried. You know, they're definitely coming back. Well, what about those? What about the 13th and 14th kid? That could be taken as, coach, do I have to try out? No, because <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm taking you. You know, they, they, people could look at it that way also. Hopefully that doesn't happen too much, but. Uh, All right. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to read you something. 
that that happened once this went out. You know, it says in the message, it says coaches have the option to not have his current players attend the tryout. And now this is before I said to myself, this is a hornet's nest. I'm going to have everybody try out. This is one of my better players. He's, he's a very good player. So he, he sends me a message. My parents received this and, and thought that I had to ask you if I should come. We are confused. So I said, you don't yeah. need to, I said, you don't need to try out. His response was, so I made the team or I'm not welcome back. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know. Yeah. And again, he's one of my better players. Right. So that's when I said, uh-oh. My, my my point is, yes, they 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 were confused. Yeah. They didn't know. So again, I, I made that decision that wait a minute, I can't have, you know, and then I told him later on, right. no, I, I want everybody at tryouts. Yeah, you can you I agree with you. You shouldn't have disparate treatment like that. It's the same thing as can't expect this kid to hustle and that kid not to hustle. And no, you you know, nobody should have a guaranteed spot. Yeah, really. And and I say that as a coach, I'm never me personally, I'm never looking to replace a player, but that player should not think that he doesn't have to earn his spot back. You know, not to the point that he's so nervous that he underperforms by any means, but they shouldn't get any type of complacency either. No, 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 none whatsoever. I mean, you want them, you know, I should be hungry. Perfect word. They should be hungry all the time. You want them to have that certain amount of doubt so that they keep pushing harder and harder. And I, I, I I mean, I I don't, I don't know if doubt is the right word because I don't, I don't want my players to doubt themselves in in any aspect, but maybe the word, maybe, maybe it's the uncertainty that, Hey, I am always competing to, I'm always competing. I have to. So no, absolutely. You, you want to see, you want to see the best perform, you know, as a, you know, what is it? uh, Iron sharpens iron. So you want to see the best against each other. So, you know, like I said, and if you do, you get a kid in who, again, you know, six foot three, six foot four, six foot five lefty where, and he doesn't pitch and, although you would probably turn him into a pitcher, but he doesn't <laughs> pitch. And the only, the only position he can play is first base. And you already have a first baseman that you don't want to be taking out of every, half of every game. Um, that's where you go. Okay. Maybe I do need to see these guys head to head. Yeah. Now, I don't know. And, you know, Ty should certainly go to the returning player, but uh, you know, there's, I know it's kind of a ridiculous situation, but, um, but just that general idea that we're talking sure. about that, you know, you want, you want to see, and you also want to turn up the heat on everybody that's at the tryouts, because Absolutely. if this kid has to try out, then geez, I better work my butt off and try out. Like, hopefully that's the mentality there. Right. So, Plus you you know, you also, you know, you're going to have new players that are trying out and you want everybody to see that, yeah. Hey, wow. That kid over there is good. I better step up. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm being challenged. Right. All right. So last question that I want to get to is, uh, again, a question that was I saw posed online. And I encourage everybody to uh, sign up with this Facebook page, Youth Baseball Coaching Support Drills and Philosophy. I know it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but that's what uh, that's what it is. I've, I've found this to be uh, and I, you know, I put out my two cents here and there, but I find some some really interesting questions that get posed there. And it's it's nice to see, because what I find in generally in most facets of life if one person has a question, it's probably not an isolated incident. And quite a few people will have the same question, maybe just for whatever reason, haven't asked it yet, or uh, it kind of triggers something in our feeble memories of like, oh yeah, I did run into that. And I, I forgot to ask about it or whatnot. So yeah. So Facebook page, youth baseball, coaching support, drills and philosophy. Um, so another question that was asked, how as coaches, how would you feel about this? Uh, you have your tryout and whatever it is, one day, two days, what have you, but you have your tryouts, tryouts are done. You want to, you extend out your invitation to players. I'm going to, obviously this would be for a, a new player to come join the team. And the response back is really interested in joining the team, 
would it be okay if we came and watched a couple of practices before we commit? I love it. And that started a whole firestorm of, you know, some people with just giving their, you know, kind of cool, calm, collected opinions and other people really get fired up about it uh, in multiple directions. So I wanted to hear from you. How do you feel about that? I love it. I, I completely love it. I believe that that is it. Well, let me, let me put it to this way. I believe that that's the prudent thing for a parent to do is to go and check out how the coach runs his practice, how he interacts with his players before they commit to that team. A lot of times people get caught up in, you know, the, 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 the uniform, they want to wear that uniform or, they heard the trophies. that they're right. They have trophies or they heard that this organization is great and this, that, and the other thing. And, and that's the allure. They want to go play for this team because of that. Well, when it comes down to it, really, why are you going to play there? I believe that all organizations start with their coaches. If the coaches aren't any, any good, then the organization most likely is not going to be good. I believe that is a great thing. Anybody want to come and watch one of my practices come if, you know, and, and if I, and, and if you have any comments, I would love to hear them. If there's things you think I could do better. I, you know, the, the, to me, it's a win-win situation. I don't see anything wrong with that. What I'm curious to know is you said that there was, there was a firestorm. What were people saying? So I think the first issue that some of the coaches had, and, and I'm assuming they're coaches and not just parents that are, that are talking about, it. I'm hoping it's people that actually have some, some real life experience with it. But one of the, the main kind of uh, arguments against was really on the timing because you're doing your tryout and, and think about with your own experience, you do your tryout, you're probably making your offers that night or the next, the next day and how long before your first practice? A couple of days. So now if you've got a couple people, one or two kids or three kids or whatever, or the whole team, they want to practice together a little bit and then see if they like it. And then two of the kids decide that they don't. Now you've got to go back and either find two more kids or go back to two kids that you said no to and say, oh yeah, changed our mind. We'd love to have you. So I think now, most of the people were not as diplomatic or eloquent as this, but to me, that boils down to timing, that if that's something that you're interested in, do it before the tryout. Now, again, is that possible with schedules and everything else? Some circumstances, probably not, but probably in many circumstances, it would have been if they took the effort to do so. So that I could, and that to me is a legitimate that's a legitimate gripe of like, I need to make a decision tonight. Cause if you're not going to go on, there's a million travel teams out there. I don't want to, the next kid who maybe there wasn't a big difference between the two kids. Uh, you know, I don't want to miss out on getting the next kid either. So I, I could see that. Yeah. I, I understand that also. So yeah, m maybe the thing to do is like you had just said is if you're interested in trying out for a team or an organization or whatever it is, Go, you know, go reach out to the organization, reach out to the coach and say, hey, we're thinking about trying out for your organization or your particular team. Is it OK if I come and watch attractive? I know my answer would be like, sure, come on, bring as many kids as you want. Come and watch. Right. You know, it's, it's only going to it's only going to fuel me to make sure that that day I put on a really good practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Um, <laughs> right yeah. sorry guys we're gonna work hard today yeah. you guys yeah you guys don't show up i'm bringing in a whole nother team so it looks like <laughs> so it looks like we we know what we're doing but, so no so i i would say that that's where where that should take place is prior to the tryout you know otherwise why waste your time trying out you know you may go to the practice and say what the heck is this guy doing i'm not playing there yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think a lot of it just boils down to the timing. You know, if you got a player that thought they were playing for another team and all of a sudden the team dissolved or they thought they were playing for another team and they were asked not, not to come back or, you know, whatever uh, is the case. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, you know, I got to find I got to find a team to get on. But maybe, you know, you might be finding out about the tryout the day before that right. it's there. So, it's, you know, it's not possible. But in general, 
if your player is of a certain level that you know that there's going to be some demand there and maybe you have to some degree your choice of teams to go on, which is probably more the case that the people that are interested in this. Yeah. You know, that's something you should try to do your homework ahead of time, just like anything else. Homework should be done ahead of time, not afterwards. So, so that was the biggest, I, I think that was the, the biggest argument against. And then of course, then when I say it got kind of heated, it wasn't necessarily the initial response. It was then other people responding to that response and then the person coming back and then <laughs> it'd be, you know, just like anything else that's on Facebook or Twitter these days, it just got ridiculous. Right. Because people started calling each other idiots and this yeah. and that, because God forbid somebody has an opinion different than yours. Yeah. I mean, one, I can, one of the things not word for word, but one of the, one of the answers was like, Nope, don't need them. If they can't make a commitment right away, don't need them. And my gut reaction was like, that tells me you're hiding something. Yeah. Like, you know, why, why wouldn't you want these people to come see now, again, if you explain it the way that we talked about it before, we're like, Hey, you know, I, I really want to, I really want to take a look and see, because I want to see if it looks like my boy will mesh with the boys that you have there or, or whatever. And then, like I said, if the coach's response was, yeah, I really wish you had done that ahead of time. Cause I, I need to make a decision. And if the decisions I need you, I, I, and you need to make a decision. And if the decisions no, I need to be able to go to my next best option. Right. You know, that's, that's something with the number of teams that are around. I, I don't know if it's realistic to have the luxury because you're not practicing every day at this point. So if they wanted to see two practices, what type of time frame are you looking at? Yeah. But I, I have to be honest with you that, that that example that you just gave to me sounded like that, that ugly word that we use all the time creeping in is ego. Oh yeah. You know, no, I, well, no, don't need you. Wait a minute. What if that kid is uh, division one shortstop, you know, right. bombs left and right. No, you're, you're that good that you don't need him on your team. Right. That's, that's right. a silly thing to say. I mean, you know, if, if maybe worst case is you could ask a couple of your parents that are returning players, Hey, listen, is it okay if I have Mr. Jones contact you about my practices? He's concerned and, you know, we're not going to have it, whatever. You, you get the idea. Yeah, reference, references. References, yeah. yeah. You know, sure. talk to him. How does he run his practices? And, yeah, that's you know, that's a good idea. And that's yeah. a, a much more uh, you know, level-headed response <laughs> to that type of thing. And that's, and that's the other thing. Just like you said, what if this kid is the next, you know, Derek Cheater or whatever? Well, so or even better Jimmy Rollins. But if um, I have to slip those in when I can. Uh, so, but you're going to allow that kid to do it, but not the kid that is coming on as your ninth best player. That's not right either. Exactly. You know, because then don't kid yourself. The parents don't talk. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden, Oh yeah, we came and checked them out. Really happy to see. What do you mean you checked them out? How did you check? Them out? We weren't <laughs> offered to come and check them out. And, so, yeah, I, I could, I could, you know, the, I, it's like most things you can see both sides of it, but it certainly seems like again, perfect world. There's much more advantage to allowing them to do it. And other than timing, if you're under the gun, if the downside is anything other than the timing thing, it probably is all ego of who are you to have to judge me and how I run my practices. Yeah. Oh, I'm only the, I'm only a person that's looking to cut a three or four thousand dollar check. Yeah. And, you know, have my have my kid tied up for a year with a coach that you know stinks or you know allows the players to rag on each other or you know not support each other because that's the other thing we talk about all the, the all the team sure. all the team building stuff. You know, is is the best player on the team a total jackass out there? Right. Um, no, that's not yeah. that's not the environment I want my kid on, regardless of what what the situation is, however many trophies they're going to win or what have you. Sure. So, sure. And I mean, I know, I know me as a coach, I would love the opportunity to show off one of my practices and show off my team and show off what I do. I, I, right. you know, nothing I, to hide. when you got nothing to hide, you yeah. know, you're much more open to that thing. That's my first thought when somebody, you know, the same thing I go through at work when I'm training somebody, if I want to kind of 
you know, listen to them on the phone or see how they set up a file or, or whatever. If there's any type of pushback, I'm like, why not? Yeah. You know, are you, are you afraid you didn't do it well, you know, or whatever, then, then you're not doing it. Then, then you're certainly not giving us your best. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So, so I like that. I like that. So, all right. So I think that'll, uh, that'll probably wrap up this week for the clearing the basis. I want to thank everybody for, tuning in and listening, please rate and review us online, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you found us. Share the show with friends and teammates and whatnot. We want to keep it growing. It's been doing great. Uh, Reach out to us on Twitter at the CTB show. That's at the CTB show on Twitter. Our email is clearingthebases at gmail.com. We will get back to you. We're always looking for interesting topics, interesting people. If you're interested in coming on and uh, you know you think you have something interesting to add to our discussions, we'd be happy to entertain that idea. Otherwise, please remember the only two things that we have control over at all times are our effort and our attitude. Give us 100% effort, positive mental attitude, PMA. Great things will follow. Final thoughts on this week, Coach? Well, now that uh, it is tryout time, and I think one of the key components of what we spoke about tonight was parents do your homework do your homework there's there's a million travel organizations out there there are really good ones there are ones that are not so good do your homework find out who you're trying out for and if it's really a good fit for you i i I believe that that's probably you know the, the best advice that we could give and always remember people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Take care, everyone. We'll see you on the next one.